everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media presents the history of being black. Hey, what up, though? It's Jay Hall, and welcome to the history of being black. Well, we like to have conversations on all things black culture and ourselves. How you doing today? I'm going to do a little little, you know, maybe a small sound off, but I kind of had some things I wanted to talk to you about, about two conversations I had that resonated with me. So first conversation I had was with a little homie of mine. I took him out to celebrate his birthday. You know, he really young. I'm just going to tell you really young. All right. He's getting, he's approaching drinking age. And in the midst of the conversation, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and out of the conversation, we're talking about Kevin Samuels, who had recently passed, and you know, the image consultant who was known for his derogatory and you know, hateful things that he was saying towards black women, but he was definitely well-loved and, you know, just admired by a lot of men, especially black men and stuff like that. And, you know, he got to talking about how he couldn't understand, you know, black women that was cheering for him and everything like that. You know, he just couldn't get it. And, you know, and I was, we had it back and forth. We was, we was going back and forth about it. And what came out of that was him saying, he don't trust women. My little homie say he don't trust women. He's like, you know, because I said, you know, a lot of these guys, they go for these people like the Kevin Samuels or other individuals, or whatever, because it confirms their bias already, how they already felt. He's like, well, I don't trust women either. I'm saying, you don't trust women. So I'm going to put a pin in that. Second conversation I had was with a brother of mine. Man was having this deep discussion. I was going through something. This happened a few years ago. I'm going through something. I'm trying to talk to him. But I was also trying to have a conversation about kind of his lack of presence, right? You know, that's what I, I was, you know, I've been on this journey about saying exactly what's on my mind. I just want to tell a friend, I know, I know he wasn't doing it intentional, but he kind of wasn't always present. You know, his brother, right? And he said, well, you know, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. And he kept saying, you know, how can I help? Tell me what's wrong. And what I was trying to explain to him was in the midst of how I was feeling, I couldn't really tell him what was wrong because I was going through it, right? Like sometimes you don't necessarily have instructions on how you can be helped. You know, it's, it's like, it wasn't like I could tell, man. And it was, it was, he was becoming frustrated. You know, I was becoming frustrated. It, it was becoming tense. What those two conversations made me think about is how Black men are not prepared or taught or how to elevate. We lack a lot of emotional intelligence. I'm going to tell you why. The first one, when it comes to not trusting women, that's obvious. That comes from being scared. Right. I mean, listen, one thing about my little homie, me and him out in common. Unfortunately, a lot of rap songs ain't changed too much. What he's coming up on, don't trust these hoes. I came up on don't trust these hoes. And listen, coming from my neighborhood, that was definitely expressed to me. And it was told to me by men and women, you know, of don't trust them. A lot of it you get told, you know, don't trust them. They're going to set you up. It's on some street stuff. You know, that's what you and that's how you validate it, because, you know, you hear stories about women setting women, you know, women setting men up and stuff like that. So you don't want to get caught out there. On the other side, you don't want to get caught out there saying you in love with somebody. And then, you know, she chooses another man or she messes around with another man. Now you out here, you got to look like a fool in front of your friends. You're a sucker for love. And nobody, nobody in the hood wants to be a sucker for love. Hell, nobody in the suburbs wants to be a sucker for love. Nobody in corporate America wants to be a sucker for love. 
right? And I'm thinking like, man, he's half my age and, you know, the same thing was being taught. And if, listen, if it's not the rap song, you're getting taught by it in some form or fashion. I mean, Henry VIII ran through wives, cut their heads off. He slept with women all day long. But if the queen even glanced at somebody, okay, so you don't need hip hop to tell you to disrespect women. Let's just get that clear right now. I'm just talking about our particular experience. The insecurities that come with that, it hit me right in that moment of being paralyzed to grow. He doesn't, he doesn't want to take the chance because now the stakes are higher. When I was coming up, it was don't choose this, don't choose that. With social media, not of these kids, you know, the youth, they don't, they, you know, they don't really like to go outside or interact with each other. They're more on their phones and their tablets. He doesn't even want to try. You understand? He'll, he doesn't even want to take the risk. He doesn't even want to take the step forward. And it's just something about that that really reminds me of how there's this endless cycle that's going around that is preventing us when it comes to black men. And because of that, us reluctant to want to fall in love or even grow and things like nature, it, it can kind of create some frustration. And then they take their anger out still on women. They take their anger out on women who haven't even done nothing to them yet. They find themselves becoming in packs, joining these men of spear type of conversations of, you know, the late Kevin Samuels and other individuals who are just joining in this new rise. I ain't going to say new, but you understand with podcasts and using their social media platforms and their vehicles to just dog women. Like, forget rap music. Rap music has become, you know, forget hip hop. You know, hip hop, yes. But we are, and we all know, I would make that argument to this day that hip hop is more than that. But there is this excessive growth or need to just have these avenues where talking about or downgrading or coming down on black women, whatever, it just seems to be a thing. And the youth are really like soaking this up. And they're just like, yeah. And it's one thing for a lot of men to speak from their hurt experience that they haven't processed and deal with. It's another thing when you've got a bunch of young men who are cheering for something that they haven't even experienced yet. You haven't even lived life yet. And then yet you're upset about it. It reminded me to go back to my friend. It was frustrating for him because he just wanted to solve the problem. And it reminded me of how a lot of black men like to structure their life. Men in particular, but, you know, black men like to structure their life. And I think about that. I think about, and follow me very carefully. I think about that. You remember when that viral clip of Nikki Giovanni and Jay's Baldwin had kind of came out of nowhere and Nikki Giovanni was saying, lie to me, lie to me. If you love me, you'll lie to me. And everybody was like, what did she talk about? Man, I must rewatch that conversation. It's two hours. I recommend anybody to watch it. Nikki, Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. I must rewatch that conversation, man, like once a month. And when she explains it, she talks about how you lie to everybody else, but I'm the one that got to be told, you know, I'm the one that got to deal with your real truth, your real self. And it took me the longest to really understand that. I, I did not understand that. But it hit me in these two conversations with my friend and my little homie because Black men prepare themselves very early to structure their life, to have people service them. They go out into the white world. They deal in white society. They deal with white jobs. They deal with some sort of white man in some shape, form, or fashion. They deal with this all day long, okay? It's way more than just getting pulled over. You deal with this system. The moment you step out that door, you deal with this system all day long. They come home. They have a wife that they look upon to provide them as a caretaker to soothe their soul, 
They look at their children for identity. And they look at their friends to give them laughs. This whole structure is to service them. There's no real conversations or real engagement really happening. They're just kind of just breeding in that sense. And I think about my little homie and what will happen for him as he becomes a man, a full adult, making man decisions, his inability to even take the risk of regular life things that we all do. And what does that say? It says our emotional intelligence, at least is in danger. My good friend who I love, you know, dearly, has said to me, you don't have to stay in this situation to be pro-woman and you don't have to leave to be a man. And man, that hit me. It hit me as a grown man who then voted for a couple presidents now, you know, a few, because I'm getting up there. <laughs> it really hit me. Like, I don't have to do that. But in some form or fashion, I've been taught that myself. I, I remember being raised like that. I remember thinking that. I remember walking around with the sensitivity, you know, um, wanting to know a woman's whole background before I even say hi to her. But, you know, the difference is I still would take that risk. When I think about how we are as men when we come around and we have these conversations and we have talk, it's not a lot of depth in those conversations. It's sports. It's who's the hottest looking girl. You know, especially if you're on group chats with married men, they go in. <laughs> it's almost like just a bunch of sexually frustrated men or disrespect. Not all, but some. And... But there's no real conversations. You know, there's no there's no vulnerability. There's no, look, man, I'm, I, I need you. You know what I mean? I, like, I'm, I'm hurt. Because it's, it's like, if you can't come to the table to make your homeboy laugh, then what's, you know, what are you good for? doesn't matter that your, your, your man's then went off and had a family and probably in contact you or probably only contacts you when the wife goes out of town. That doesn't matter. Your job, especially if you're a single man, is to provide some sort of happiness, like an outlet. But the real friendship of really like checking on you, being there for you, it becomes a clash a lot of times. Or it becomes just enough for you to be able to deal with. They're like, oh, I got, I got, a, I got um, from 3 to 3.30, I got time for you. I got space for you. You know, you want me to help you? You want me to help you with that? I got space for you. So what's your problem now? And it's like, well, you know, I don't have my problem right now. Maybe I'm out eating, you know, a chicken wrap and I'm fine right now. But it becomes this excessive need to get yourself back together, fix yourself up, so then you can deal with the world. When I think about my childhood and I think about that lack of having that conversation, that emotional dub, I know where it comes from. It comes from my family trying to protect me. It comes from the fact that as a black child, when you're being raised, and I'll speak for myself, I was raised in a house as an only child, even though I got siblings. I was raised in a do the right thing type neighborhood. Everybody told me what to be careful about. The women told me to be, the older women and the big sisters and the aunties and the big mamas that was on the porch told me to look out for trifling women. The men told me to look out for trifling women. Everybody told me to look out. And if I got hurt about something, you know, when I experienced like my first teenage heartbreak, my mom was just kind of like, so, you know, you going to stay sad all day? I'm like, I just got home like 10 minutes ago. What are you talking about? But that was her attitude. It's not that my mother didn't care. My mother loved me. I know she did. But she feared more about me not being prepared to deal with the world. Because in her mind, you're never going to have time as a young Black man to process. You're never going to have time to contemplate, to be sad. You have to get back on that horse and you have to get back out there. And we carry those practices into adulthood. And when I think about my little homie who is what you may call Generation Z or I don't know. Generation IG, 
now we've got to a point where there's a whole new generation that are coming up and they don't even want to attempt. Forget being extremely selective. They don't even want to try. You know how mind-blowing and scary that is to be a young individual and you don't even want to try? I mean, look, being in love is one of the most greatest joys and experiences you can have. Hence why when it doesn't come out the way you wanted it to come out, it hurts so bad. But it's a part of life. But we're taught to get over it. We're conditioned to get over it. We're not conditioned to have grace. We're not constructed or have conversation for someone to have empathy or for us to work through it. We're not necessarily taught that. We're taught you got to get over it. You can't do this. Mm -mm. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. And if you have a comrade, a buddy, a companion who is trying to climb a ladder, right, of success, like we all are, some of us, you know, some of us are trying to take the corporate route, some of us are trying to take the entertainment route, some of us are just, or some of us are just trying to get by the day to day, but if, or some of us are just surviving, you're trying to hurry up and get your man together so they can be okay because you don't have time for it. And when Nikki Giovanni said a lot of me, it finally hit me through these two conversations, what she was saying, well, at least the interpretation I got, is that as Black men, we figure out every single day when we step out, despite the fact that we deal with all these hardships, despite the fact that we deal with a system that is against us, especially if you're one of 1619 blood, we figure it out out there. We don't say, I'm going to quit working. I'm just not going to try. I'm just not going to go to work. or I'm just not going to step outside. No, we figure it out. We figure it out. And if we can figure it out out there, then we should be able to figure it out within our homes. We should be able to know how to navigate and have a conversation, being uncomfortable, be vulnerable and all these things. Allow your friend to be vulnerable and, and come together and have these moments. We should be able to do that. We should be able to push through that wall and we shouldn't be shamed for it. We shouldn't. It, it should not, we should not be shamed for it. We should not be People should have patience or we should create patience for ourselves. If society won't give us that patience at that time, then we should create it within our own circles, within our own communities, because that is what makes a community stronger. Because life is trials and tribulations, right? It's, it's going through the hard stuff. It's, it's, it's waking up, getting that coffee, no matter how you felt, and it's getting back out there. But hopefully having a surrounding, a circle of people who check up on you, tell you they love you holler at you, text you, come by. Don't just take your man out for strip club wings, you know? Really ask how he's doing and sit and listen and be in that uncomfortable spot. That's what it takes because that is growth. That's how we get through life together because there is no way possible you can make it through life and have a fulfilled life or even grow if you don't even try. There is no way possible. So I just want to share that with you. That was just my take on that when it comes to that. Now, listen, I ain't going to front. I do think it takes a dozen or one answers. I don't think that I'm the one. I just wanted to really spark that conversation. If you think I'm, you know, right or wrong in that, or if you got something to add, please, by any means, the history of being black on IG, when you see this, make sure you write a comment in the comment section. Give us suggestions because it's not absolute. It's not something that I think is going to take just so one solution to like solve this because life is always growing. How do we deal with the emotional hurt? We know how to deal with physical therapy when we hurt our leg, hurt our ankles when we playing ball or just getting older. But what do? How do we deal? How do we create a, a community? Yes, therapy is one of them. Yes, 
But you can't just rely on just a therapist. There has to be things in place, like a protocol, like an emotional protocol in place. Just like when you're having your physical therapy, they teach you about warm-ups and checking out your diet. It's the same thing when you're dealing with something emotional. So you let us know that. You let me know that. Always follow me on all platforms at Jayhawk Society. Just something I want to share with you. Um, make sure you tune in. We'll be here next week and all that good stuff. But as black men, I just want to talk to you about that. And to anybody that's listening about that, just wanted to express that we can be greater than just providers and protectors. We can be nurturers. We can be comforters. And we can just grow. All right. See you on the other side. The History of Being Black is hosted by Jay Hall, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the History of Being Black podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find the History of Being Black podcast on IG at The History of Being Black. Follow the Mean O-Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O-Line Media. Get the Mean O-Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The History of Being Black podcast is a Mean O-Line Media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.